welcome to the We Talk Health podcast, the official podcast for West Tennessee Healthcare. Please be advised that this podcast is not intended to replace any medical advice. Always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing said in this podcast is intended to supersede or supplement the direction of your medical caretakers. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at wetalkhealthpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to another episode of We Talk Health. My name is Will Cashagro, and joining me today is Dr. Claude Pertle. He is the Chief Medical Information Officer at West Tennessee Healthcare and an internal medicine physician down at the Lyft in downtown Jackson. Joining us by phone today is Caitlin Roach. Caitlin Roach is the Marketing Manager at Lifeline Blood Services here in Jackson. How are you all today? Doing well. Thank you very much Good. for having us. Absolutely. Caitlin, how's it going? Good. Excited to talk about blood. Absolutely. So we wanted to talk today about the need for blood donations here in West Tennessee. To my knowledge, things are pretty low. Is it, Caitlin, is that right? Um, this is so true. Our inventory is you know, just at levels that we haven't seen in quite some time and consistently that low for the last few weeks. This is a problem going on across the country. There's a whole lot of other blood centers dealing with this. And from what we can understand, there's several residual effects from the pandemic that are still creating issues for us. There's drives that we normally would have that we can't have. There, I think people are just out of habit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But we're in a bad way. Well, hopefully this podcast today will encourage people to, to get back out and, uh, and donate some more. So uh, if you guys could, could you talk a little bit about the partnership between West Tennessee Healthcare and Lifeline? Lifeline Blood Services supplies blood to 17 hospitals and 14 air ambulances in West Tennessee. And several of those hospitals are part of the West Tennessee Healthcare System. Mm-hmm. Our largest client is Jackson County General Hospital. And so you're using a lot of blood. You've got several patients that have needed, you know, sometimes people think when you need blood, you need one unit. Well, that may not be the case. I know that y'all had one patient this week that needed 60. So, um, yeah, it's an an ECMO patient. And I can't really explain. I don't really know what that is. I know Dr. Pertle would know more than than (laughs) I do. But y'all got two of those right now from what I understand. And so your census is up. There's a lot going on. So that just means that, you know, we can't manufacture it. Y'all can't get it other places. If we can't get it, we have to try to import it. And so there's just a lot, a lot of needs right now. And, sure. and just to tag on the, what Caitlin's saying, you're exactly right. Lifeline is actually our primary supplier to Jackson-Madison County and our, also our affiliates. And we use almost 12,000 units, uh, trans, transfused 12,000 units of uh, packed red blood cells, as tra- uh, Caitlin's mentioning. Uh, she mentioned 60. Uh, that's, that's kind of on the higher end. You do ECMO. It's a different process we use for blood. But typically, when you think about it, people aren't just getting one or two units. You know, it's, it's a mix, especially if a trauma patient would come in. Mm-hmm. They could potentially have a number of different units. Uh, also, we use fresh frozen plasma for clotting factors and things like that. We use over 1,000 units just in that at Jackson-Madison County, and wow. also some other blood products that Lifeline supplies. And I'm assuming the hesitancy is probably just with the COVID, the pandemic, mm-hmm. and people just scared to get back out and things like that. But Lifeline, definitely, they take special precautions to make sure people are safe when giving transfusions and things like that. But as you could, as Caitlin mentioned, and I think Will, when we first talked, is just it's it's more dire than ever because of the low blood supply we have to now outreach to other cities and other states who mm-hmm. are also low so now it becomes hey we need blood from missouri or kentucky etc um so now it's a huge it really is an epidemic around the country still but hopefully we can 
you know, improve it over time. Sure. So, Caitlin, can you talk about the services you guys provide? Is it just blood or is it blood and platelets or plasma? So, we collect three different kinds of products here. We collect whole blood, plasma, and platelets. And then we take that whole blood and spin it down and create the red blood cell uh, product that is what Dr. Pertle mentioned a minute ago that, that's used so much at the hospital. So if you donate whole blood, you can do that in our Jackson Center, Dyersburg Center, or on our mobile unit. And that's the five to 10 minute process that you can only do every eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what people think of the most. But we also, in collecting plasma and platelets here, do a phoresis and so in that process the blood is taken out and separated and we either keep the plasma which is the liquid part of your blood or we keep just the platelets which helps your blood to clot then give you the rest of your blood products back you can give plasma every 28 days and you can give platelets every 14 days okay and the reason that we do platelets is for mostly for cancer patients so we are sending them to Kirkland Cancer Center, you know, every single week. And I know that usage has been up there as well. So, you know, the, you, there's all kinds of reasons that it's used, but that's what we're providing are, are those products for our hospitals and air ambulances to have. Just to talk a little bit about the A, B, C, you know, A, B, A, B, O uh, mm-hmm. blood types. So just to keep it a high level, there's multiple different blood types out there. There's A, O, A, B, B. You may have heard a lot of these. And really right now, the dire need is for any type of blood. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, you hear, may hear in the lame news and things like that, that we need O blood. We need O blood because O is actually, you can transfuse it to anyone. So it doesn't matter your blood type, you can get O negative blood technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the negative and positive, just as a point, is a, it's called the RH factor. Uh, but the point of it is, is that really all blood products right now are needed. So there's no reason not to give blood if you can. Sorry, Caitlin, if you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I mean, that's that's great info and, and important. I think, I'm like you, I think people get caught up sometimes in that. And that's one good thing about giving blood is we will tell you what your blood type is. You'll get a donor card in the mail that, that lets you know that. And I think that is valuable information. Um, Absolutely. My mom said I was A positive, and then when I started donating blood, I, I had to tell her she was wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually O positive. Uh, and, and you're right, right now, um, every type is needed i know that we had to import for that one patient in particular a positive and normally we would have enough a positive that's one that is a little bit easier for us to keep but that particular day we didn't have it to give so when when we're having to import a positive that's that's a bad sign honestly so usually what we like to do is if you are a committed donor and we find out of course what your type is we may steer you and ask you to consider plasma, consider platelets based on what type you are. But right now, it's probably, you know, I, I, well, I don't I don't know. It's, it's all of it. And, and it's still in all those forms of, of the different, you know, collection methods, not just whole blood, but also platelets and plasma. Mm-hmm. And what's really scary, we looked at the numbers Monday. We sent out a critical appeal. And then when I looked at them yesterday, they were actually worse. Which is and, and we've had really good response this week has been good, but they're worse because we had to ship them all out because they were needed. Oh, so wow. what we need to collect is 525 units a week to be able to meet the needs and, and feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And we might actually manage that this week with the critical appeal and with uh, like there's a bankers versus realtors competition going on that's getting us some extra units 
we might actually be where we're supposed to be, but you know, one week of where we're supposed to be is not going to get us to a good spot. Right. Sure. We need to look at this every week. Caitlin, just to expound on that, what is the easiest way if somebody wanted to donate blood tomorrow? What would the best place to go? So tomorrow being Saturday, you can come to our center, 183 Sterling Farms Drive in Jackson. And anytime between 9 and 6, you do not have to have an appointment. You can call and make one or you can text uh, to schedule one. But the center's always open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6. So always walk in. And then if you're not local, you can get on our website, lifelinebloodserve.org, and see our mobile calendar. So we've got the rest of the month of April, and then I'm, I've almost got May's done. Because like I said, we're having a hard time scheduling them. So normally it would already be scheduled by now, but we've still got a couple holes we're trying to fill. Mm-hmm. But I know we are going to be at Jackson General on Tuesday, the 27th, okay. from 11 to 4. So that, I have to say, like, shout out to Jackson General because the one of the best drives I've seen since I started here in November was our last drive with y'all. We collected 97 units. So would love to see a great group of donors there that day. We'll do our best to make sure the word gets out. You guys mentioned having to maybe import from maybe Kentucky or Missouri. That kind of leads me to my next question of, do most of the blood donations stay local, uh, or is it possible for a blood donation to maybe be sent to New York or California or, or wherever they're needed? Uh, Non-COVID times, you know, if we were to have a surplus and someone else had a need, we will, of course, fulfill that need. But most of the time, it does stay local because by being the sole sole supplier of all of those hospitals, you know, we've got enough of a need right here. And so, um, you know, granted, when there's a crisis, if there were to be, you know, a natural disaster or... You know, one of, one of the best examples is, you know, when September 11th happened, people came out in droves to donate blood mm-hmm. all over the country, but to the point that it didn't all get used because more, you know, I think, you know, when something bad happens, sometimes our response as a person is, what can I do to help? And sure. there wasn't most people could do to help, but giving blood is something they can do. So they did it. And I wish that that mentality would, would stay you know, more top of mind because mm-hmm. just because it's not a big disaster like that doesn't mean people aren't undergoing all kinds of car accidents and heart surgeries and just trauma all the time that needs responding to. Absolutely. So what is the shelf life for uh, a unit of blood? The shelf life of a unit of blood is 42 days. Oh, okay. Uh, plasma can be frozen. So we can keep plasma for up to a year and oh, then wow. platelets that's the trickiest. They only have a, a maximum shelf life of five days. So those are needed way more frequently. Yes, probably. and also how they're stored, too, mm-hmm. it's, uh, with the platelets. You can't freeze them like that, um, but yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's just say that I've never donated before. I have, so don't, don't get upset with me. But <laughs> uh, let's just say that I haven't, and I was I was nervous about it. You know, maybe I'm not the best with needles. Obviously, there's a couple of needles involved. Can you kind of walk me through what the process would look like from the beginning to when you're leaving the bus. Sure. So you need to bring with you a valid photo ID. If you don't have that, you can bring two other forms of identification. But you'll use that for step one, which is just registration, checking in. At that point, you will be asked to fill out your medical questionnaire. So you can actually do that the day of your donation before you come in if you would like. It has to be that day, though. You can't do it in advance. 
but okay. you can fill it out online that morning if you're coming that afternoon, that kind of thing, um, at lifelinebloodserve.org. And that's just a medical questionnaire that lets us know if you are going to be eligible to donate because of, you know, if, if you've had a fever or you've been on antibiotics or you've traveled somewhere. There's just different questions that the, we have to ask by law to, to check in on your the health of your blood. Gotcha. And then after you do that questionnaire, you'll have a mini physical. So we are doing there your blood pressure, pulse, temperature, and checking your hemoglobin to make sure that your iron content is high enough for you to donate. After that, you hit the chair for five to ten minutes, and then you get to enjoy a snack and have a, you know, a Coke or something Mm -hmm. and some cheeses or whatever you want to select just to make sure that you are well and good to go on your way after your donation. I've got to say, it's really not, like, I used to despise needles, but I was like, you know what, it's for the greater good, I'm going to do it. And it really wasn't even that bad. It's a needle, but it's it's not terrible, I guess. So if anyone's listening and they're like, I don't want to do it because of the needle. Oh you, yeah, you it's just, just do that. It. It's just that one, you know, pinch too. It's not you, once you're doing it, you don't feel anything. Right. You're just hanging out. Yeah. Right. So just a, a needle. Obviously, you have to enter the blood, you know, the actual vein. But after that, it's actually just a plastic catheter that mm-hmm. they use for the blood. So, um, but I, I just want to reiterate that you know the blood is is really used for people uh, that, you know, your grandmother, you know, whomever, people you know who have cancers and things like this, these traumatic events, these car accidents that happen, sadly they happen, uh, things like that. I mean, it's really, it's it's not just that Caitlin and Lifeline are putting it in a big box and just waiting. You know, people are using this all the time mm-hmm. throughout the week, and it's really needed to help others, uh, and that's the most important thing here, and that's the goal, right? Caitlin, would you mind just talking just a little bit about what y'all have done with, uh, for COVID precautions and things like that, people that are maybe hesitant to go to the blood bank uh, or to the bus, you know, things like that, just to make sure that people feel comfortable and more protected? Absolutely. So we have since the beginning and 100% are still doing a long list of COVID precautions. Uh, As soon as you enter, you are asked to sanitize your hands and you have your temperature checked. After that, of course, you do have to have a mask on, as does all of our staff at all times. You'll sit down in a sanitized chair and everything you touch will be sanitized between donors, keeping it as absolutely as clean as possible. Uh, I do know that some people, you know, are, are always concerned of, can something bad happen to me? Can I get something by giving blood? And, and I'm sure Dr. Pertle could speak to that better than I can about how, I, you know, absolutely not. Everything is a, a one-time use needle. Everything is, is safe. So we're already a very safe, sterile environment. But due to COVID, we've, you know, pumped that up mm-hmm. in every we can uh, to make sure that people do feel comfortable. Now, uh, one thing I to mention about COVID that is super important because it's a, a constant battle getting getting this word out there is there is no deferral to give blood for the COVID vaccine. I actually had someone last night say to me, I went and got vaccinated and then I went and gave blood. So, you know, you can do that if you wanted to the same day. I, I don't know that I would suggest that necessarily, but mm-hmm. you, there's no 30-day wait period. There's no six weeks. There's no, you know, nothing. I've heard all that. And I'm like, no, no, you know, no no wait period. Right. Well, that's and definitely we just, great same, to know. That's the same as the flu shot. That's totally a, a normal thing. You know, there are some vaccinations with a deferral, but not COVID. Now, are there any age limits or health restrictions to be able to donate blood? You have to be at least 17 and weigh 110 pounds. There is no upper age limit. Okay. There are reasons that you may not be able to, certain medications, blood thinning, things like that. 
but what we encourage you to do is to not self-defer. We don't want you to, to say, oh, I'm diabetic, I can't give blood. Well, you can if you're a stable diabetic, or mm-hmm. I take high blood pressure and I can't give blood. Well, that's not true. So, you know, if you've got a question, come by and ask, call and ask and find out instead of um, just saying, eh, maybe I don't need to do that. Because if, you, if you're well hydrated and you've eaten a good meal, you're good to go. And I just to add on to that, you're exactly right, Caitlin. I think people do self-defer, uh, and I think that the real answer is, is to go try to give blood, and they will tell you if you can't. The, the, the list is very, very small that people would, could imagine that cannot give blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, if you're willing and able, that's the you know, point of it is. But I think uh, you know, in these dire circumstances, it's, it's really important to get out there. Yeah, less than 5% of people who are eligible to give, meaning that they, you know, aren't on a medication or have a medical condition that's prohibiting them, actually do give. And of people who do give, on average, they give 1.6 times a year. So those are numbers that I'd like to see increase substantially. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, let's just say that I was the leader of an organization, say like a community club or a church, and I was interested in trying to host a blood drive. How would I do that? Is there a number I would call? Do I have to fill out a form? Yes, yeah, so you can just call here. Um, Lifeline's number is 427-4431, and they will get you in touch with my department, which is the community services department. You will work with a recruiter for all the, oh, different counties that each recruiter has, mm-hmm. and then we've who works just for the center here because you can also sponsor weeks at the center if you don't want to have the mobile out but you want to encourage your staff to come give in a particular week oh, uh, that's well we know that uh, incentives are a big deal um, right now we are about to enter our last week of our Gatlinburg giveaway but we're always trying to you know come up with something that will catch people's eye and and encourage them to give because they might win a prize. So we have found that if a business offers maybe a day of PTO for somebody to give for giving blood or they buy an Amazon gift card and everybody that gives blood is entered to win that gift card, those kind of things really get people going. And I think it's like anything else when you're, you know, when your other coworkers are doing it, your friends are doing it, it's all good. So creating that environment of this is what we're going to do. It's the fun thing to do. It's like peer pressure, but for a good reason. Yep. <laughs> well, this has been great. You've mentioned a phone number a couple of times. Can you say that again? Sure. It is 731-427-4431. And our website is lifelinebloodserve, that's S-E-R-V dot org. Awesome. I'm actually going to link that in the bottom in the description. So listeners, if you're listening and you want to find out the contact info, you can look there. It's something I'm really hoping to push for. And I, I want to get this set up in the fall so that it starts officially in January. And so I did the math and we need 525 units of blood to meet our needs every single week. So mm-hmm. that time for a month, time four is, is 2100 and then double that is 4200 because you can only give blood every eight weeks so that's why i said 200 i factored in a 20 percent deferral rate and i'm sorry for an english major i'm really proud of myself with this man (laughs) but that's possibly five thousand people that need to say i'm going to give blood every eight weeks this year and then we'd have what we need like Mm -hmm. we would absolutely have what we need so i'm wanting to create a group or, uh, you know, some kind of society, basically, where you pledge that you're going to be one of those people, that you're going to give that blood six times that year. I mean, think about it. We're asking for 30 to 45 minutes of your time six yeah. times a year. Really you can bad. save up 
16 lives because each unit of blood saves up to three lives because of the whole, we break it into products and that kind of thing. And so when you, you know, when you think of it that way, getting people to commit to it and see it as something like I go to the dentist twice a year, I get my hair done, you know, every however many weeks I go get blood, right. you know, kind of just trying to change that mentality and challenge people to, to adhere to that. So I'm super excited to see what we can do with that. And I would just encourage anyone, whenever that kicks off, you know, be willing to step up and say, hey, I'm going to do that. And when I ask people a lot of times why they become donors, and just because I'm curious, you know, and they'll say, well, my mom donated or my dad or my grandmother. So they saw that modeled. So I can't think of anything better for a parent to do if, if it's possible to model that for their children of this selfless act of giving blood Absolutely. for their strangers. So that's another thing that I've kind of had on my mind lately that I, I really want to play with and see what, what we can come up with to get that message out there. Because mm -hmm. I love hearing that that's why people like to give blood. Yeah. Well, Dr. Pertle, Caitlin, thank you guys so much for coming in today. This has been a really great conversation. And listeners, the need for blood is bigger than it ever has been. COVID precautions are being taken every single minute, every hour of, of the day while they're drawing blood. And people really, really need it. So if you're able to swing 45 minutes to go do it, it it's absolutely worth it. Anything else you guys need to add? No, thank you very much for your time. really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for having us. And absolutely. thank you for helping us out there. Absolutely. We, we Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks for coming in today. And this has been another episode of We Talk Health.